whether you are aware of numerosity or not, is functioning and operating in your life. Okay. There was a time people thought the world was flat. And for them, it was. They wouldn't venture out. <laughs> okay. They wouldn't, they thought they'd fall off the earth. But for those who were bold and, you know, had the courage, uh, their world was a lot more expansive. Okay. Opportunities. And that's, that's pretty much how it is uh, with the numerology. Some people run away from it. They say, well, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. I don't want to know. But yeah, if I'm about to step into a pothole, I want to know what's there before I step in it. You know, so I have an option to go around it. If I've come to a path and everyone does, and there's a fork in the road, I want a clue as to which way I should go. So I don't spend a whole lot of time going down the wrong path and have to turn around and rewalk that path and come back. So it's it's um, a lot of vital information that's that can be obtained. I tell people we're born with an owner's manual. We just don't know how to read it. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Constantine Moron, and today's guest is Dr. Craig Wright. With a remarkable career spanning over 40 years, Dr. Craig is a respected professional numerologist, lecturer, teacher, and author. He possesses a wealth of knowledge backed by his degrees in psychology and metaphysics. In today's intriguing conversation, we will delve deep into the fascinating world of numbers with Dr. Craig. We'll uncover how the often overlooked role of numbers significantly shapes our lives. Together, we'll explore real-world examples and share insightful tips on cultivating a more balanced existence, leading to increased joy and fulfillment. Dr. Craig, with his profound wisdom, will guide us on a journey to harness the power of mathematics and numbers, offering unexpected insights and practical solutions that can fill in the blanks in our lives. Don't miss out on this captivating exploration into the mathematical framework silently weaves itself into the fabric of our existence. Prepare yourselves for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. So let's dive in. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Dr. Craig Wright to the show. Dr. Craig, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Dr. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, me, Constantine. I'm glad to be here. Well, we can't wait to hear more. So tell us, where does your journey begin? Well, actually, my journey began in the seventh grade. I got really, really good grades in math and science and my parents decided they were going to have an engineer in the family <laughs> okay so i was constantly exposed to mathematics science uh, to prepare me to become an engineer in fact it was my sophomore my junior year in college i was still pursuing it and that's when everything changed in my life my best friend transitioned from a drug overdose, Constantine, and I wasn't even aware he was using. So that told me a lot about myself, that I was too self-absorbed 
I wasn't really paying attention. I felt like I should have been able to do something to to prevent that. And people may be asking, what does that have to do with, with math and science? Well, as a result of his transitioning, I began to search for the meaning of life. I I had never considered a deity of any type or any type of spiritual guidance, but my roots weren't deep enough to handle that storm. So for the first time, I began to petition the universe. And my question was, why? Why did this happen? Why was I here? What was my purpose in life? What was the meaning of life? This started my quest into all things metaphysical because the information that I had gained up until then was not providing me with the answers or the comfort that I needed. So one day I was listening to the radio and I heard a song by an artist by the name of Roy Ayers. And the song was entitled In Search of the Third Eye. But the lyrics were secrets of numbers, secrets of sound, secrets of wisdom can be found. Well, I was in why mode. So anything happened that could unlike reveal the secrets, I was all for it. So it took me a while, but eventually I acquired the album. This was like late 70s, late 1970s, 78, 79. I acquired the album and I read the jacket and the person who wrote the song had read a book called In Search of the Third Eye by Vera Stanley Alder. So this was my introduction to all things metaphysical. I started to read about it and it talked about numbers were different from figures. Well, I knew all about figures. I could add, multiply, subtract, go to trigonometry, geometry. So I was like, well, what are they talking about? And that's when I discovered the difference between numbers and figures. For example, if I hold up a pen and I say I have one pen, that would be a quantity. That would be a figure. Okay, we use figures every day um, to make sure our paycheck is right, (laughs) to make sure our mail is coming to the right address, that we're following the speed limit. Those are figures. But if I look at the same pen and I say, Big pins are number one. I'm no longer talking about a quantity. Now I'm referring to a quality of being the best. Now that's a number everybody's familiar with. Numero uno, we just had a big college showdown to find out who's number one in college basketball. The first, the fastest, the top, the best. But what I discovered, every number reveals a quality, not just the number one. The number two is patience. Three is expression. Four is work in order. Five is freedom. Six is service. Seven is faith and wisdom. Eight, money and power. And nine is selfless giving. So every number represents a quality of spirit, a quality you possess. And this quality, because of the law of attraction, are going to bring certain experiences into your life because of your your energy, your vibration. Uh, So... As I was reading this and studying this, I, I discovered I was in number seven. And my job was to read and discover hidden information. I'm like, whoa, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, I look at the coincidence, um, right? So how, how big of a skeptic were you initially? Because like you, I have a math background. I went to school for math, computer science, some engineering. And I've always approached spirituality with a skeptical mind because I've always been analytical. But I kept an open mind, and my mind has been blown wide open by all the beautiful information I, I get to find. But I would imagine in your case, and especially back in the 70s and 80s, when 
you know, this wasn't necessarily something that was mainstream at all. And you didn't have the internet to do all the research that I've been blessed to be able to do. How did you take it at the beginning? Well, I had to go to the Library of Congress. There were no books in the library about numerology. There was no one around that I could go to and talk about it. It was like a, a discovery that I had made. So I was following the path. From this book, I saw the bibliography and it led me to the Library of Congress. So I would, instead of going to work, I'd drive to Washington, D.C., park the car, and spend eight hours at the Library of Congress. You can't borrow the books there. You can go to a, a uh, reference guide, write down the book you want, and you give it to a runner. And they go out and they get the books for you, bring them back. But you can't, you know, you can't take them out. So I would just stay there, and it was just feeding me, giving me the information. All the information that I was looking for was right there. It was amazing how if you seek, you find. You know, we, now we call it the law of attraction. Yes. Before they they said, well, if you seek, you find. You know, whatever you're looking for, whatever you're vibrating within, will be attracted to you. And that's the law of attraction. So I was drawn to this science. I began to study it and research it. And from my knowledge that I gleaned from it, I was able to begin to help people who were also searching for the meaning of life. Why am I here? What type of experiences can I expect this year? What's coming up? You know, now nobody can tell the future, but for all things, there's a season. So numerology can tell you it's springtime, it's time to plant. Um, but you can plant whatever whatever seeds you desire. But it will tell you, don't try to plant anything in February. It's not going to grow. You know, that's just an example of how it assists, but it, it doesn't dictate to us, you know, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do that. It gives us a range of energy. Um, and it's it's like a seesaw. Energy is like a seesaw. If it's balanced, the number one means leadership, guidance. If it's overbalanced, that's a type A personality, hyperactive, um, prone to heart attacks and strokes. Okay. So it's all the same energy, but if it's underbalanced, you're shy, you're pessimistic, and you refuse to put your best self forward. But it's all number one energy. You know, it can be balanced, overbalanced, or or underbalanced. Yeah. That's such a beautiful way to describe it. And I love the analogy, right? Because there's no such thing as black and white, right? Like you said, it's not just either A or B. It's going to be a range. It's going to be between this spot and this spot. And you could be anywhere on that spectrum. And I would imagine, if I may ask, when we're talking about energies and the balance, right? We cannot say, at least the way I see it, we cannot say that we're always going to be balanced, imbalanced, or overbalanced, right? It's always going to be fluctuating depending on, like you said, maybe the season, maybe the other energies in our life. What have you discovered around that area, like when it comes to trying to bring ourselves to balance? Well, you're exactly right. What, ex what changes our balance are the experiences that we have in our life. You know, I lost a good friend, my best friend. That disturbed my balance. You know, it, that just wrecked my whole uh, way of thinking and approaching life. Uh, so those things can affect us. Um, the birth of a child, and that's not always something um, that we that we consider negative. And I put it that way now because it turned out to be a, a blessing in my life. Um, and I realized I didn't lose a friend, but my friend helped me on the path. That's how I look at it now. 
But the best way to maintain that equilibrium in spite of the storms, I tell my, my clients, if the sea is rough, get in your submarine and you will not be disturbed by the waves. <laughs> okay, so by that I'm referring to prayer, meditation, and other spiritual practices that that we can, whatever fits your personality best, positive affirmations, some people vision board, they put the images of what they want, you know, in places they have to see them. So it feeds their con- their subconscious and helps them manifest the things that they desire. So spiritual practice helps level out um, the ups and downs. To keep you more in balance. I really like as well the, the analogies you just made there and, and the idea that not one tool is going to work for everyone. And you, you, like you said, you, have, you can have prayer, you can have meditation, you can have other practices and find what works for you. And I really like when I talk to people like yourself, Dr. Craig, when we're not prescribing a solution because there is no such thing as one size fits all. And that message comes loud and clear, even you know, just talking for a few minutes here together. So let's continue your journey. So you're doing the studying, you're going to the Library of Congress, right? What happened next? How did you get to where you are today? Well, what happened next was I became my first client. Mm-hmm. I began to study every aspect of my life why I was here. I I looked at my past and I could see um, experiences in my life that matched the numbers. And all this just helped confirm uh, for me that I had really discovered something, a valuable tool. So I used it to, first I proved it by looking at my past, what I had been through, who who I had become. And then I began to look ahead to what was coming up. What, what should I look for? What should I embrace in my life? What was the path to my success? And as I began to study, I, I'm thinking of the cloud these days, how we can put stuff in the cloud. Well, we didn't have that back then, but I was sort of like the cloud for the universe. I was absorbing this information and then I would have opportunities to share it. For example, I would be at a checkout line or at a food store and I'll see a name tag And I would feel compelled to share information with that person because I saw that name tag and I just, I would just feel. Now, the first couple or a couple dozen times I felt that I was able to push it down and keep on going. You know, I don't want people to think I'm crazy, you know, telling this stuff out of the blue. But after a while, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold it in, Constantine. I felt like there was a reason I had gone through this and I could clearly hear it was like you turn a dial on the radio. I'm hearing information. So I just started sharing it with people, running away as fast as I could after I did it. But, you know, I had to come back to that store eventually. And I'm in a checkout line. So they're asking me, how did you know that? You know, what, what do you know that I don't that told you what you told me? Because it was true. It was it was spot on. So I started sharing with people, well, this numerology, and they were like, oh, what's that? You know, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, because I can imagine when you started doing this, you probably had quite a lot of pushback, right? Because this this goes against a lot of everything that people knew. And even today, I would imagine it's not easy. But back then, wow, I can't imagine. Yeah, you're right. I mean, all my relationships started to change. The people that I was associated with, Everything started to change as a result of my energy changing, mm-hmm. you know, because I was becoming a different person. Everything it's like the outside world is a reflection of what's going on within. So I always tell people, don't 
don't get mad at the picture. Don't don't throw your shoe at the TV. Change the channel, you know. Change the way you're thinking about something, the way you're thinking about yourself, because we can't affect what's going to happen to us, but we certainly can choose how we react to it. And that's where spiritual discipline and things like numerology, things like that, put you in tune with your your purpose so you're not pulled off track. You're not, you know, led astray, so to speak. You don't succumb to as many of the roadblocks that are out there because just as there were forces guiding me toward where I am now, there are forces trying to prevent me from getting there because of the information that I have to bring. We learned that in physics. That's one of the things I learned in physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So there are forces working against, you know, against us, you know? Wow, that's... It's like I in a way. It's funny. I, I took physics too, and I've done lots of that, but the way I didn't necessarily associate the fact that, wait a second, you may be on your path, but you're always going to face equal forces trying to put you off your path. That's that's a really good way of looking. I mean, of course, we know that we're going to run into obstacles, right? We know we're going to run into challenges, but even thinking, reframing the situation and saying, you know what? I know I'm going to do this. I know it's going to be an equal force coming back. I can prepare better. And like to your point from earlier, I can prepare some spiritual practice, let's say, that will allow me to be the submarine instead of the, the ship on top of the water. Exactly. Very well put. Very well put. I really like it. So okay. As, as I began to develop this talent and this skill and my confidence in sharing it, <laughs> I, I was able to, you know, throw a lifeguard. Whenever I've come, I've come upon someone who was drowning, I was able to throw, throw them a lifeguard, you know, throw them a raft or I'd be at a store shopping and someone would say, happy birthday, Sam. And it would be the guy that was, you know, waiting on me. And I was like, okay, all right. That's the universe telling me here's another opportunity to tell Sam something. So opportunities just kept popping up and showing up till ultimately I was invited to be a guest on a radio show. A lady had heard that some guy out there was giving people advice using numbers and had me on her show. Her name was Reverend Hazel Cassell. And from there, she began to explain to me what was happening to me, what was going on in my life, how I had been pretty much, as she explained it, I had chosen this path before I actually got here. So that that was a concept that I eventually got to understand as we're not physical beings having occasional spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a temporary physical experience. And that changed everything. You know, that changed everything for me. Once I realized that this was just baggage for getting around down here, you know, um, I was able to pursue my path with, with vigor. Um, I was able to change my career path. Um, once I realized I wasn't dependent on the outside world, but I was actually shaping it and creating it by my thoughts, my desires, what I believed in. Oh man, people thought I had just lost my mind. Just jump out the plane with no parachute, you know? <laughs> wow. Don't worry, wow. Don't walk and fly. <laughs> wow. That's that such a powerful uh, story. So thank you for sharing that with us. So you said, okay, everything changed then. And you said, of course, your energy changed, your vibration changed, people in your life started to change as well. How did your family and those closest to you 
take to this new discovery of yours and this new passion and, and, and zest for life? Well, actually, my, my, that changed too. That changed too, you know. My spouse wasn't, wasn't ready for that. And I understood because that wasn't the person she married. <laughs> it gone through a complete and total, you know, transition. Um, and as I look back, I realized it was very frightening. It was very frightening for people who were closest to me, you know, who, who wished me well. <laughs> it was very frightening for them. All of a sudden, instead of pursuing engineering, I was pursuing social work, psychology. My, my, uh, ultimately, I got an undergraduate degree in social work and psychology, combined degree, a master's degree in um, metaphysics, and a PhD in metaphysical counseling, which was totally uh, in a whole nother direction, except for the numbers. Because of my familiarity with numbers and how the quickly compute them, it made me a much better numerologist. So my parents wanted me to build bridges on the physical plane, but I build bridges from the spiritual to the physical plane. So they got their engineer, but a whole, a whole different aspect, a whole different aspect. Wow. Dr. Kevin, fascinated by your journey so far. And the analogies you use are so clear. I, I can literally visualize it as you're describing that. And, and especially this one about building bridges and connecting the two worlds and understanding that there's more than meets the eye, more than what we've been conditioned to. For good reason, right? Because our parents knew what they knew back then. And their parents only knew what they knew, right? So there was no ill intent around it for the most part. So you went through life. You had this big aha moment on the radio show. Was that when you say your journey fully started in, in helping people? Like you, you finally almost had like the, you're helping people before, but was it almost in that moment that you said, you know what, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life and pursue this and help as many people as I can with building these bridges? Well, yeah. Now when I do a, a program or if I'm a guest on a show, I anticipate, you know, the, the host is going to ask me, well, what's your website? What's your phone number? But when I first did the show, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a business. I was just sharing information. And she had called me and said, okay, this would be fun. So yeah. she had people calling in. And then she said, okay, give out your phone number so people can contact you for your services. I'm like, okay. So I gave the phone number out. And then I had to create services. So, so that's how it all began. It was, it was just... In reverse, the demand led to people wanted wanted readings, so I had to come up with one. They wanted they wanted forecast, they wanted compatibility, they wanted to know am I with the right person. So based on the questions people were asking me, I developed services around that, and that's how my business got started. That was in 1988. I've been a professional numerologist ever since she gave my number out on the air, not by choice. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Going on 35 years strong. That's, that's amazing. So the, the people you must have touched over the years, wow, I can't even imagine how many you've helped. Can you give us some examples of some of the most beautiful stories you remember of people that were transformed as well as a result of the work with you? Well, yeah. One situation I remember, I was in Washington, D.C., and I was teaching a class on numerology. And this other person was there and they were looking to put a group together, a metaphysical group to teach meditation, 
different spiritual practices. And they, they heard that I was there and they just came in to listen to me. And as a result of that, they invited me to be a, a teacher of their students. So this was like 1992, and I've been with that organization ever since. And I've been able to lecture at um, Princeton University as a result of my connection with them. When they did a, they had a workshop on ancient Egyptian uh, teachings, and I was able to tell them about numerology in that context. Um, also, they had a contract with Washington, D.C. to help um, young people who had gone to prison to come back and reconnect with their families. So I got to go out to the community, sit with the, um, the family and the young person, the teenager that was coming back and just describe using numerology, describe why they were together, why that had happened and now why it was time for them and what they were to do. That was very fulfilling they, the business that they started as a result of my consultation is still running today. That was, that was in the nineties. That was it. So that was very fulfilling. And even today, now I part-time, I do tutoring at a local high school here in Baltimore city. And the pandemic really set students back, particularly in terms of math. So I'm doing math tutoring because of my math background, but I'm also able to share some insights with, with, with those kids to motivate them and get them to build that fire inside of them by talking to them about things that no one else has that they thought were just their own secret conversation within <laughs> just to see their eyes open up and that light bulb go, go up over their head. And that motivation, I tell them, yeah, you're, you're on the right path. You're going to have your own business, and this is going to help you with an electronics business. How'd you know that? Let's just get back to this math because you're going to need it, and that's a motivation, you know? <laughs> yeah, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> because that's most impossible. kids are saying, I'm wasting my time here. What am I in this class for? So I have an added advantage of I can, I can see a little down the path by their name, our name reveals why we're here. Our name is literally our calling. And our birthday, the numbers in our birthday reveal gifts, talents, skills, and abilities. So if I see a child and I tell them, hey, you're born on the 1st, well, you're born on the 10th or the 19th or the 28th, you're a number one, you're a leader. Um, instead of stirring the class up, because usually the leaders are the ones who are bored, they pick the information up quicker than everyone else, and now they're disrupting the class. I said, that's not why you're here. You're here to be an example. I know you've got it. Why don't you help everybody else around you? And all of a sudden, this guy starts being a troublemaker. He's raising his hand. Can I go to the board, teacher? Can I go to the board? And now he's helping the teacher out, you know, with this information. Whereas before, you know, he was on the radio playing video games while the teacher was trying trying to teach. So it gave him a different perspective and, and thank goodness he, he stepped into it. You know, he, he walked into it, he stepped into it. I don't know. Some kid might've just said, I don't want to hear that stuff. And that, that hasn't happened to me yet, but. <laughs> well, I, I would imagine so you've done this for essentially five decades now. How, do, how have you seen it change 
over the five decades in the sense of like the, the, the way people perceive the information, the, the way they're open to this information. Have you seen a change from, let's say, the oh, 90s yeah. or 2000s to now? The biggest change that I've seen has been in the public library. Because when my journey began, I ran to the library to try to find this book in search of the third eye. It wasn't, couldn't find it anywhere. There was no Amazon, you know, there was no internet back in those days. It just stayed on my mind. And one day I walked into a bookstore in Towson and, and it was there, you know. But now when I go to the library, there's a book called Numerosity for Dummies. That's how mainstream it is. You know, you have accounting for dummies, yeah, yeah. bookkeeping for dummies, part of the for dummies series, numerology for dummies. It's mainstream now. There's so many books on it. You go on Estee, and whereas before I, I may have been familiar with maybe 10 numerologists across the whole United States, now there are thousands of them, literally thousands of people in this profession. And I can only yeah, imagine you've influenced a lot of those people at some point in their life, right? Because you've wrote a book, you've done the teachings. So I can even I can only imagine how many people you've touched and put on this path because you show them it's possible to follow your heart. It's possible to do what you really want to in life as long as it aligns with you know your mission and, and purpose in, in this world. Yeah, I like to think I was one of the... The pioneers. Yes. We're the front runners. You know? Well, it's an honor to see with you, Dr. Craig, and, and learn from you. So for those people that are not familiar with numerology and listening to this right now, can we go take it a step back? I know you, you said it's the, the numbers from one to nine or zero to nine. I know there's also the numbers that repeat themselves, so like 11, 22 also have a meaning. Can you tell us how the names and then, then the date of births give us answers? Yes, yes. Each number has a meaning. The double digits, 11, 22, 33, right through 99, those are called master numbers. But if you add them, one and one is two. <laughs> okay. The 44, four and four is eight. So it's really only nine vibrations, but the double digits, they represent the highest octave. If you think of a, a, a musician, for example, on a music sale, you have a low C, a high C. It's the same note on a higher octave. Um, so, excuse me. The master numbers are testing numbers. They'll bring greater challenges into your life. Uh, for example, um, the first president of the United States, George Washington, was born on the 22nd. Double digits, 22. It's called the master builder in the globalist vibration. So he was building a nation and his ability to form connections and unions and alliances internationally were very instrumental in the birth of this nation, particularly with France. You know, it's hard to go anywhere in America and not see a Lafayette Street or a school yeah. named after Lafayette or a statue of, of, of him, the great Lafayette who came and helped us. So... When it comes to a person's birth date, those are tools, gifts, talents, and abilities that you naturally have. So it's very good to know that in terms of an education, in terms of a career. Um, now, your name, the name is your calling. That's how you will have opportunities to use the gift. Okay. Um, just as an example, my month 
my day of birth is a number four. Okay. Yeah. It just so happens that as I was reading and studying and researching the number four, the fourth book of the Torah, the holy writings of Moses, is called Numbers. Mm. <laughs> so right away I realized, okay, the four and the numbers, there's a connection here. So I found in my career, a lot of accountants, bookkeepers, and mathematicians have the number four associated with their name. Um, also, the four has to do with bringing things into being or helping them manifest, get a good start, a firm foundation. Uh, that's associated with the number four. So the number 22 was perfect for getting a nation underway. It's the highest vibration of the number four. Now, when it comes to a name, your name is your calling. So my name is, my first name is Craig, which is a number 11. And that's called the, the master teacher. I've got two ones. <laughs> it's called the master teacher vibration. So my job is to discover things and share them with others. That's my destiny, the number 11. So the gift was numbers, the gift working with the number four in my day of birth. And I'm using that gift and I'm sharing my knowledge of numbers and visible knowledge of numbers with other people, not only figures, but also numbers. So there's, there was a distinct connection. I could see that right in my life. Each letter has a numeric value, for example. A is one, B is two, C is three. It goes up to nine, the letter I, and then it repeats. So J is a one, it's the 10th letter, one plus zero is one. So I studied my name when I discovered this. I had a very unusual middle school experience. Seventh grade, one school, eighth grade, another school, ninth grade, a third school. Most people stayed in the same back in those days. Seventh, eighth, and ninth were all together. So I went back and looked at my name and I could see at 12 years old, I went to the letter A. So at 12, I was in one letter. At 13, I was at the letter A in Craig, only one year because the value of one. And then at 14, I went on to the, to the I. So I left the R at 12, the A at 13, and the I at 14. And that's exactly how it worked out in my life, in my school. One school at <laughs> 12, the A was the 13, and at 14, I was in, I was in another school. I went on to, to Pi to study engineering in the ninth grade. So I said, wow, it's amazing. It matched the letters in my name, matched my experience. So all that did was make me study more and study more and study more, which I mentioned I was sort of like a cloud after I filled up. Now I'm just raining on people, sharing the information uh, that I've gained. A lot of people think I'm a psychic or I use a crystal ball, but it, it's math, it's science. I've read, I've studied, and I've just accumulated this information by studying the masters. You know, most most people have heard of Pythagoras. If you have, if you had high school geometry, you know about the Pythagorean theorem. But he learned that in Egypt, studying with the Egyptian masters in the mystery schools, and he was a numerologist. He was one of the first people I studied when I went to the Library of Congress. 
He was a numerologist. He had something, something called Pythagor Pythagorism back in his day. And this was thousands and thousands of years before any of the holy rite, before the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, the, the Bible, before any of this, these holy texts were written, people were studying numerology and, and making connections between vibrations and energy long before there were the world religions as we know them today. Yes, that's, wow, what, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a really inspiring story, but also at the same time remarkable to see that these numbers are in front of us, yet it's so easy to not look beyond the, 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 the surface, right? To look, to look beyond the, beyond the veil, so to speak, and see what the, the meaning might be. So when you're looking at uh, numbers in a date of birth, for example, or a name, um, are you so you're looking at a cross, so the full date of birth and the full name gives you one number, right? But then do you look at the individual month, year, and um, date, and then the individual names in, in, in one's name? So all yes. of those give you secrets? That is correct. You could think of them as, as a clause in a contract, okay? The month provides information, the day, and the year. They all provide information uh, or gifts talent, skills, abilities that the universe, that's their part of the contract has given us. Then when you add month, day, and year, the sum of all three, that's the ultimate gift. Okay, so month, day, year, they play out every 25 to 28 years. The talents and skills are there, but they're most utilized the month, the first 28, the day up to your mid-650s, and the year kicks in after that. That's the strongest influence. But they're there for your entire life. But when you add them all together, that energy that you find is so powerful in numerology is called the career number. When you add your month, day, and year together, it's called the career number. So I've been, been, been blessed to be able to help a lot of young people, particularly in high school, when they have to make that choice. What am I going to major in? And there's so many. There, I was befuddled back when I was in college. There's so many more careers now than, than there were then. I can't imagine how um, a student can even find their way without some type of intuitive guidance, unless they're like me and their parents are telling them, here's what you're going to do, here's what you're going to be. But that only lasts for so long, you know. You know, you have those booster jets to help you break the gravitational pull, but eventually they drop off. Then it's up to you to pilot your craft, and that's when numerology really comes into play. And you say the numerology, based on how you describe it so far, it sounds like, if we start paying attention, if we start studying, and because there's a lot more information nowadays, anyone can grasp at least the basics and, and get a better understanding of, of the meaning behind the date of birth or their name. And then, of course, if they want to go deeper and deeper, then they can work with someone like you or the other numerologists out there. Am I correct in assuming that anyone can really pick up a book and say, wow, I can actually do the, a bit of the work to truly understand? That was the beauty of it and still is because it's, Self-empowerment. Yes. It's self-empowerment. You know, it depends on how far you want to go with it. Like me, I became a numerologist. I, it wasn't something I grew up one day and one day I said, hmm, I think I'll become a numerologist. It just happened as a result of the study and research and, and people making inquiries. It just sort of happened. But, you know, 
whether you are aware of numerosity or not, the inf- it's functioning and operating in your life. Okay. There was a time people thought the world was flat. And for them, it was. They wouldn't adventure out. <laughs> okay. They wouldn't, they thought they'd fall off the earth. But for those who were bold and, you know, had the courage, uh, their world was a lot more expansive. Okay. Opportunities. And that's, that's pretty much how it is uh, with the numerology. Some people run away from it. They say, well, no, I don't want to know. okay i don't want to know but yeah if i'm about to step into a pothole i want to know what's there before i step in it you know so i have an option to go around it if i've come to a path and everyone does and there's a fork in the road i want a clue as to which way i should go so i don't spend a whole lot of time going down the wrong path and have to turn around and rewalk that path and come back so it's it's um, a lot of vital information that's that can be obtained. I tell people we're born with an owner's manual. We just don't know how to read it. <laughs> I love that. The, the funny thing is the thought that came to mind right away is this idea that whenever you install a piece of software or you use anything, you have to sign off on the terms and conditions. But most of us don't read those. And it almost sounds like numerology gives you an answer to the terms and conditions of your life on this on this planet or in this time, but we, all of us, or most of us skip over there because yeah, who wants to read? So we jump right exactly. into it. Exactly. And those directions are to keep us out of danger and to get the most value from the product. So yeah. when we skip over it, we miss those things. And like in your case, for example, you sometimes stumble into it. And if you're open and willing to listen, you'll find your path. But a lot of us, and I've seen myself in my life until up, up to last year, I ignored that and I was stumbling through my existence, right? Some good things happened, some bad things happened, but I was never paying attention until something happened and my mind opened up. So now I'm allowing, I'm going back, okay, let me read the manual that I should have read 20, 30 years ago. So imagine in the example you gave where students in high school can truly benefit from this. Imagine if the teachings you do and others in this space could be brought into a high school on a more regular basis. So then people are empowered to find their path in alignment with what they believe down in their heart, but may be afraid to speak up because like you said, either their parents might tell them a certain way that they have to go down a certain path, right? Maybe the, the conditioning of their school growing up or environment. So wouldn't that be something that would be beautiful? I would imagine that would change a lot of lives and the planet for the better. I agree with you. And I, I have to think based on the expansion of this that I've seen over my lifetime, that eventually that's going to happen. That's going to happen. I've been fortunate enough, as I mentioned before, on the college level, I've approached um, colleges with my own curriculum and uh, been able to teach it that way. Um, but it used to, it just used to be part of what everyone knew and everybody studied. Uh, until the powers that be decided they didn't they didn't want everyone being empowered. They wanted to hold on to power. <laughs> yes. So, you know, when I was coming up, we heard songs about the dawning of the age of Aquarius, harmony, peace, love, understanding. Well, it's happening. It's happening. This information, even though people have tried to bury it and hide it and force it down, it's just blossoming everywhere 
everywhere because it's it's who we are. We're on a natural progression and evolution to evolve and awaken to this information. So I'm just happy to be playing a small part. Yes, and you're playing a a beautiful part into it. And just you and I having this conversation right now and being able to do it over the internet, being able to reach people, not just in USA where you are or Canada where I am, but across the globe, right? In, In places where maybe they don't have access to this information or because of cultural reasons, this is not something that's accepted, right? Like it was in some other parts of the world a while back. So I think just leveraging the technology, we have to share the beautiful message. And this is not like we're prescribing anything to anyone. You're just telling them that they're not alone, which is what you've done with your students, that they can listen to themselves, right? They can listen to their own heart and can explore to see if there's more out there. And these are just tools that you can use to to, to get to the destination. And it's up to you if you want to use them or not. It's up to you if you're going to read the terms of service or not. Exactly, exactly. There's so many voices out there, so much confusion, if you will. But numerology helps you filter out the noise that you don't need, okay? Filter out the noise. And this noise, I'm calling it noise because people can relate to that, but it could be well-meaning people, people who love you, people who want the best for you, and they're pushing you in a direction where even if you succeeded, you would not be happy. (laughs) You would not be happy. So this is a a way of, of manifesting your true innermost desires, your wishes. And I tell people it's why you're here, discovering why you're here, because my test has become my testimony. I wanted to know who I was, why I was here, and what was the meaning of life. And I found those answers through numerology. So if anyone out there wants to know who they are, why they're here, and the purpose and meaning of your life, I can help you. Perfect, <laughs> yeah. That, down that path. Exactly, exactly. So like, what better way to teach than teach from a place of where you've been before, the challenges you've faced, you've overcome that, and now you're just sharing what you've learned. That's that's exactly. an amazing way to approach it. And that's you know, how life works, isn't it? Our tests become my testimony. It's for a reason. It's happening for a reason. It's not it's not meant to wipe us out. It's so we can learn and grow and help others on, on that same path. Because as we give, we receive. You know, it's it's a natural law. You cannot help someone else without helping yourself. So it's it's a circle. <laughs> That's a powerful message right there, because that's, that's something I've discovered the hard way myself. It's the idea that I was always looking outward, outside of me for answers. I was always looking somewhere else when really all along I had the answers inside of me. And until I turned inwards to do the work, I couldn't truly help anyone else. Because if I haven't done any of the work, like how can I how can I do anything to or empower or inspire or or change anyone else when I can't even change myself? Exactly, exactly. And that, that I believe really was the hope at the birth of, of America. And we're, we're really got to hold on to that because capitalism can sometimes go against what, what we feel inside. Pursuing material gains without consideration of of people or, or 
humanistic values or spiritual values, however you want to say it, can really, really lead this nation astray. So I'm, I'm, I'm counting on us. There were people out there who are, who are listening. I consider Canada part of this whole Northern Hemisphere. We're all part of that same Western vibe, if you will. We have to awaken and begin not to treat symptoms, but look for real cures, which are the source. We have to stop thinking of ourselves as mechanical beings, bone and blood and sinew, and, and really start to get to the essence of, of who we are. And I think we're starting to see that, this whole information about vibrant vibrations and the law of attraction um, has opened people's eyes. And, and I, I'm hoping there's going to be some hope for our culture because we have to expand beyond our limited view. Yes. And be, to get a more holistic viewpoint and understand exactly who we are as, as beings and, and why we're here. So yeah, I think it's vital um, that, that, that this spiritual expansion um, takes place. And I, I get my hope from the young, from young people. A lot of terms that I've learned, they, it's just like manifestation, visualization. It's just part of the everyday conversation now, you know, and that's the beauty of it. It's like they absorb the, 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 the generations that come in, absorb the knowledge that's available so quick. And then they start to grow and expand. And they're only limited by what they're exposed to when, when, when they come into the world, you know. So uh, I'm very optimistic. I have most of my clients, most of my clients are under 30 years old. <laughs> wow. Okay. They're embracing this. They're opening up. They want this information. So it's almost, it's almost as though I had to come here when I did early and get ready. So I'd be prepared when those who were seeking the, the information wanted it. And to me, that makes so much sense, Dr. Craig, and I'm with you. I believe that we are at a, a junction point when, to your example from the beginning with the, with the seesaw, right? We were maybe unbalanced. Now we're moving towards the other way where we're awakening, we're realizing that having things is nice, but won't bring you happiness, won't bring you fulfillment. And it's usually at the detriment of someone else, right? So how can exactly. we make it so it's not any of those things that can bring happiness because you raise a really important point a few minutes ago is the idea that you could find success even without looking at numbers because of course there's many successful people but how many of those people are actually happy with their success let's take me as an example i have a successful career in tech loving family loving friends i have everything i want right and i had that before as well i wasn't happy because it wasn't aligned with my purpose or i didn't really feel like i was doing anything more to to help those around me and help myself once I found a bit more alignment, all of a sudden, the unhappiness changed to happiness and it can get only better from that. That's how I see it now. But imagine, I know many of my coworkers and many people I work with, senior level executives, right? Making a lot of money. You can have everything you want in the world, yet they're not happy. They don't feel fulfilled. Why? Right? And you gave the example, the reasons why, right? You talked about why this is the case. Yes, we began to pursue... Exterior values, I call them, you know, 
the carrot. It's held up to us. Here's what you want. You want the big house. You want a luxury car. You want this. You want that. And they, they try to impress those wants on us. And as we internalize them, we start to, to chase that, to go after that, and to define ourselves by how we are able to accumulate that. And really all that does, that just keeps the economy going. It's not helping you grow or develop your gifts, your talents, your skills, uh, being uh, a gift to the world. So people are starting to want more, okay? Before they deal with a company, they want to know, well, what's your company doing to help air pollution? You know, uh, are you guys planting trees now? The young people are asking these questions before they'll spend their dollars. <laughs> and that's a great question. And to your point, why maybe young people are more young people are, are becoming your clients and working with you and asking these questions is because, and this is my take, they've seen that the old ways are not working, right? They've seen their parents, they've seen their friends' parents working all these long hours, working for companies that they don't believe in and not being happy despite making all this money. So to me, it makes sense that now with access to information, with access to those around you, you realize, you know what? This doesn't work. So maybe we cannot repeat the same actions to expect a different result. And we have to take action. Exactly. Exactly. And, and from that, what you just said, the new industries will, will develop and grow from those who says, I'm, I'm not walking this path anymore. Like the people who we know who quit college, they become gazillionaires, you know, the Steve Jobs of the world who say, I don't, I don't need to do that. You know, I'm, I'm going to follow what's inside of me and develop that, develop the seeds within me, as opposed to seeking my worth, my self-worth, my self-concept being developed by what other people say or, or what I have, you know? <laughs> and that's how, that was such a big aha moment for me, Dr. Craig. I'll be honest with you. When I realized that, that I don't have to look externally for validation, for confirmation, for a path, and I could look inwards, it changed my entire viewpoint. It changed my entire approach to life. Those are two words I hear a lot, um, Constantine. Validation and confirmation. <laughs> but you know what though like if you i i i like us like you with a math background science background to me it makes sense why most of us are the way because i'm looking back at me growing up in eastern europe and then moving to canada while i was still in my high school years it's like every like growing up in school and whatnot you, that's what you're looking for is validation oh am i doing good am i getting the right marks am i progressing on this path that someone else decided for me Confirmation as well. Confirmation that I have the skills that these people want of me, or I have what it takes to do whatever is being decided for me without necessarily my input. Yes, yes. This self-concept, I call that self-concept. Most of our self-concept is based on what other people have told us, what they think of us, and what they want from us. <laughs> okay. What they want. My parents, for example, God bless them. They wanted the prestige of knowing they had an engineer in the family. You know, they could sit up a little taller and it would make them feel great. You know, and I bought into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you, right? You want to make your parents proud. 
you at, at a young age and like myself and many others, right? You believe that they want what's best for you. And that's because that's true that they only want what's best for you in most cases, right? So why exactly. wouldn't you believe them? Why wouldn't you follow that guidance? You're exactly correct. You're exactly correct. But as it, as it often, unfortunately, turns out, despite the good intentions other people can have for you, it can, you can be led astray or like, like we always hear about the, the family who granddaddy ran the business, daddy ran the business, and you're next in line. You're going to run the business. And they're like, I hate the business. You know? <laughs> but it's being imposed upon them, that outside forces. And I believe that's the awakening. The awakening on the physical plane is realizing there is a inner guy, an inner guy. And once we make that discovery, I don't care if you call it Allah, Buddha, God, Yahweh, or the force, okay? <laughs> once you make that discovery, you can be guided from within. And that's the beauty of life. That's the beauty of life. That when everything changes, right? Because you realize you had the power all along and it's just following the, the, your own guidance, right? And you can still take in the, the ideas and, and thoughts of others, but now you have a choice, or at least it, it exactly. has to feel like a choice and see, does it align with what I want inside? If it does, then more power to you. If it doesn't, then you have, again, a choice. Do you give in to whoever wants you to do whatever, or do you listen to yourself? Exactly. I love Not that. Only do you have that choice, but you've got a total stranger who you've never met giving you this confirmation based on the letters in your name and the numbers in your birthday. Whoa. <laughs> who is this guy? Where did this come from? You know? <laughs> and I, I, if I may, Dr. Craig, last week when we talked and you shared with me some of my numbers, and again, I'm a skeptic about yeah, like, the big open mind. So we go through the numbers, right? You, tell, you share the first one. I'm like, okay, you could be a coincidence. Second, I share one. Could be a coincidence. By the third one, I'm like, okay, there's too much synchronicity there for it to all be a coincidence, right? You, at one point, you have to ask yourself, how many coincidences have to happen in my life for me to start paying attention? Exactly. And yeah. I was someone before that didn't pay attention to these things because I'm like, yeah, just a coincidence. But once you start paying attention, you realize all the clues that the universe leaves for you and it's up to you to say, okay, I'm going to use them. Same with the manual that we talked about before. Am I going to pay attention or not? You are exactly right. That's the choice we all face, you know. And at some, at some point in your life, you're going to be asking, those, asking yourself those tough questions. You know, if you haven't already, it's, trust me, it's, it's, on, it's on your path. <laughs> An awakening moment is on the path. You know, it's like when a farmer plants a new crop, the first thing they do is throw away the old stuff, beat up the field, pound the ground, build the field, get rid of all the old roots and, and the, the remnants from the old crop. So now you can put in new seeds. And that's what the universe will do. I mean, it grabbed me and shook me and hit me in the head with cosmic two by four until I was able to receive, you know. We're so headstrong egotistical, we know the right way, you know, we're going for it, make it happen. You see it on TV every day. Think about number one, go big or go home, and all that stuff will lead you into a path of destruction. 
yeah. until you discover the still inner voice within. Okay, then you can begin, you know, to get on track, get on path. If you are truly blessed, you will you won't need the the accident, or in my case, someone passing. You won't need that jar. If you're truly blessed, you come and you're locked on, locked in. Uh, right away, and you can accomplish more. And I, I think these are the prodigies amongst us. The people we, we call prodigies, child prodigies, or people who graduate college at 15, you know, they, they've locked in early and, and know why they're here. Yes. And then some of us, it takes lifetimes. <laughs> it does, it does. But I, I would like to ask you one question in relation to that. So you either are a prodigy or the universe has to use a two by four, like the beautiful example you gave and, and knock some sense into you. But I would imagine if you also start studying like what you've done with numerology, if you start doing the work, you can get to the same result before the universe has to kind of whip you into shape. Right? So you can kind of exactly. take ownership of this and take it in your own hands and say, you know what? I'm not a prodigy because that's yes, one in a million or a billion, but I can still do something about it and kickstart this process. And don't have to wait for someone else to do it for me, be it the universe or those around me. That's correct. That's correct. It's very empowering. It's self-empowering. You don't have to rely on someone saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to do that. Because it's already inside of you and your energy, the vibrations will bring the right people to you that you need at exactly the right time. Something happened to me in seventh grade. I'll never forget it. My science teacher was holding a tuning fork, and it, it wasn't vibrating. He said, right, come here, look at this. And I didn't know he had one behind him. And he struck the one behind him and brought it around and put it beside the other one. And the one that was still started vibrating at the same rate. It hadn't been struck, but it started vibrating at the same rate as the other one. So... From that I glean, there are those of us who are going to have to take the hit, <laughs> take one for the universe. But as it raises your vibration and your energy, then you're amongst others that will elevate them as well. Yes. And I've, yes. I've experienced that from both ways, not only being the tuning fork that was struck, but also having someone come into my sphere that was at such a level that they elevated, elevated me as well, you know? so. And would you say it, the opposite is correct as well? If you're not careful and you run into a tuning for that's actually vibrating at the lower frequency, like a negative energy, let's say, and it brings you down now if you're not careful? Yes, yes. That, that happens more often than the other way. Yeah, as we're getting it, the... It works both like ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to keep things positive, but what you're saying, the converse... Is true. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I, I love both ways because, I mean, I, I'm all about the positive, 100% Dr. Craig. But we need to, you know, I also like to bring it back to reality, what I'm seeing it, because I am believe with some of the changes I made in my life, I'm very big at a certain energy now. But there are certain people I, I go around that feels like it's draining my energy and it's bringing me down. So I'm trying to always bring back and think, why? What's the, why does the case? And is there more I can do to not allow that to happen to me and maybe help them get the new vibration? Yes, I understand exactly what you're saying. I call it introspection projection. Mm. 
Uh, just like the moon waxes and wanes and tides ebb and flow, um, when you've been called to service, to help others, you can project and share information, but it comes a point where you have to introspect to get away, get by yourself, and get back in tune with those inner forces to revitalize. And after you make that connection, then you can come back out and project again because it is it's draining. It's like a cell phone. Eventually, you got to plug it back up to charge <laughs> that battery. They can do a lot of things, but eventually, you've kind of plugged it back up. And we're we're no different, you know. We're no different. It's like some people you walk into, you as soon as you meet them, it's like you're watching, you're playing a video game and watching a movie at the same time. It just drain your energy. Okay, and they're picking up. They they don't know what's going on, but they're feeding off of you. But you can feel it pulling you down, and that's when you have to get back to the source. Otherwise. You'll just continue that spiral downward. And instead of you teaching them and enlightening them, they're teaching you their energy, their vibration, their pattern. So you can't you can't overcome evil by being more evil. War is not the answer to war. Escalating is not the answer. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't that that's what we do. That's how we look at it. Well, I'll just hit you harder than you hit me. But all that does is create karma. And it means you've got, if you hit someone, trust me, it's coming back. It's coming back eventually. Or as I like to say, every time you give someone a piece of your mind, you're giving away your peace of mind. <laughs> <laughs> that, wow, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. And it kind of goes back to what you said about physics, right? For every force. There's a reaction. It may not be instantaneous, the reaction, right? But it will come. Yes. Yes, yeah. it will. So That's why the masters teach karma, you know. Turn the other cheek. Forgive, you know. Don't pursue it. Let it go. <laughs> lead, lead from a place of love, right? Because if you just build on the same evil that was done to you, then what's going to happen? Like, what does it end? But you have exactly. this Exactly, just perpetuating it. Exactly. Yeah, you're doing the opposite then, right? With lead with love. Now it's it's almost like a shock to the system. Like, oh, how can I'm being mean to someone and all they do they show me love? How can that be, right? So it can create a reaction, right? It won't always create one from what I've seen, but it can, which is what ignites change, right? Or sparks a change. Exactly. Change their vibration, change their energy. Maybe slightly, but it, it's it, it's good for change. Yeah, and it's a, it's an idea of leading by example, right? And the more people that lead by example, and the the more impact they'll have in the world and those around them. And now we can see a ripple effect, right? The uh, the snowball growing bigger and bigger to the point where the seesaw has to now bend the other way because it's too heavy on the one side. Exactly, exactly. And when you say lead by love. The word love, L-O-V-E, is a number 18, which reduces to the number nine. One plus eight is nine. And it's interesting because that's the last number. We start with zero in the beginning, and we go up to the number nine. And after that, there are no new numbers. So ultimately, we are headed toward love, universal love, selfless love, selfless giving, 
And that's where we're all headed as we grow and unfold uh, and learn to lead with love. Yes. Okay, so speaking of numerology, I love that you brought it back to that. So someone can look at their name. They can look at their date of birth. Earlier, you talked a bit about relationships as well, that the numbers can tell us about relationships with different people from your family and spouses, partners. How does that work? How can numerology help us with the relationships that we have with people? Well, I am also an, I, I'm a metaphysical minister, so I marry people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I do compatibility work. If you come to me to do your wedding, we're going to do a compatibility session. And what that does is it provides you with insight as to how you're going to get along on an everyday basis, the best way to work together in terms of finances. But there's a number that really stands out in a relationship. It's the vow total in our names. The vow total is called the heart's desired number. And in a compatibility report, it's the hidden agenda. Okay, it's the person you don't get to meet until after you've been married for 10 years. Okay, And you realize, well, they squeeze the toothpaste from the middle. I like to squeeze mine from the end. I put my paper on the roller so it rolls backwards. They like theirs forward. You know, it's all these little petty things that you get to discover after you've been with someone. But if you have a numerology reading, you can discover it right away. The heart's desired number is called the hidden agenda number in a relationship. Um, So that's very, very, very valuable in terms of um, partnerships. Uh, But not only romantic partnerships, I get people who call me if they're considering two jobs. I have a lot of real estate professionals call me when they're considering which property to buy or where their office should be. I have a professional artist who consults me on when they should have their exhibit. So there's a lot of different applications for numerology, but it's all basically the same, the same nine numbers, the same energy. It's just that, is it inside of you? Is it part of who you are? Or is it something you're facing, which is forecasting for all things? There's a season, for example, this year, 2023, as up to seven. Two plus zero plus two and three add up to seven. It's a number seven year. And we're all associate seven with rest. Okay. It's just in our psyche, seven means to rest. And you find that in the scripture, the Gita, the Quran, the Torah, seven is associated with rest. So in this year, things are going to slow down financially. We're starting to see a uh, bike starting to have a little problem. So under the seven energy, seven stands for faith, wisdom, rest, research, analysis. People are going to be digging deeper and probing deeper into things this year. We're also going to be discovering connections and causes this year. We're going to see colleges and universities and churches have an uptick and people joining because of this energy. It's a time when people are going to be questioning their values and their motives. And, and there's a pause as we reflect on who we are, why we're here, what we've been doing, and what's next. Seeking inner guidance. Yes. That's what this year is all about. Wow. Okay. 
So, I mean, you gave some awesome examples around where you can find numerology. So if let's say in the example they just gave with the year, so every year has a different meaning. So that's, a, you know, the, technically the vibration and energies for the entire planet. And then of course, each person has their own internal vibrations to work with that or energies. But if you look at like some examples with the real estate agent or, or, the, or the painter or the artist that, you know, is looking at when to open up an exhibit, is it just purely looking at the numbers of the, the date when they want to launch or is it going beyond that? Like maybe the location or the address of the location where they're going to have the exhibit or how, how deep does it go? I'm just curious for the sake of my knowledge, but also those here asking, okay, how deep can you actually go with this? Well, everything that you said, you can check wherever there's a letter, wherever there's a number, you can get insight. Every number has a meaning and every letter can be converted to a number. Like the letter A is one, B is two, C is three. So because every number has a meaning and letters can be converted, you can get information about the address. What's the best address for this? It really comes down to what you want to do. If, for example, excuse me, I had one of my clients was a dentist and he was asking me, why aren't my clients paying me? He was at a number nine address. The number nine stands for selfless giving. Great address for a church or a school, not for a business. <laughs> Your clients aren't going to pay you. So you have to move to a, a number six or a number eight address to have a successful business. You do not want to be dependent upon the number nine energy unless you're healing or giving something away. So that's, that's how it comes into place. Um, about the address, you know, um, in terms of a date, every day has its own energy. For example, the number four um, stands for order. Okay, stands for order. So we, so we associate the word law. Our laws are what we, our attempt to keep order in our society. So on the fourth. We saw a lot of legal activity yesterday. And someone was being bought under the arm of the law and brought to order. You know, number 45, Donald Trump had to face that legal challenge and it was on the fourth. So that's just an example how if I was talking to someone and I was telling them, okay, you have to go to court. I would pretty much want to pick a number four day because of the energy associated with the number four, law and order. If someone wanted to have a party, um, I would suggest they do that on a number three day. The three stands for expression, fun, taking trips, and, and winning money. If someone wanted to cater to me, as they often do, you're a numerologist. What's the winning number? I said, really, if I knew that, would I really be sitting here talking to you? I'd probably get kidnapped by the mob and they just have me give them winning numbers every day, like the goose that lays a golden egg. <laughs> but I tell them, it's not what you play. It isn't as important as when you play. And I give them their number three days and their number five days because those are great days for taking a risk and taking a chance. If someone wanted to get a promotion, this comes up a lot. I think I should get a raise 
And someone just got promoted past me. I said, well, you picked the right day. Then you go tell the boss why you should have it. And those are number one days and number eight days. Not necessarily in the order. Usually number eight is usually better because eight is about organization. Number one days are tend to be about yourself, mm-hmm. me, number one. I need to do this for me. So when it, if you approach for a raise on number one day, there's a chance it may be misunderstood for self-aggrandizement. But on number eight day, then you can tell the boss why you should have a raise and how doing so is going to help bring the entire organization up that he does that. By the way, if you're born the 8th, 17th, or 26th, and you're listening to this, you're a natural executive. Um, You're going to rise to the top. You're going to be offered positions of leadership to be the boss, head of department, supervisor. It comes with that date of birth. Now, many people with that date of birth, um, Constantine, they turn the jobs down. But all they're turning down is the compensation. Because if you're born the 8th, 17th, or 26th, people are going to come to you and ask you, what should we do? What do you think? How should we proceed? Because you have that gift of vision. (laughs) So if you turn down the job, you're just turning down the compensation. You're going to be doing the work anyway because that's who you are. Wow. That's who okay. you are. So eights have that confidence. Believe in yourself. Start that business. Tell the boss why you should be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very well said, Dr. K. Well, I want to thank you so much. I know we've been talking for quite a bit of time. So much wisdom, so much information for me and, of course, for our audience. Before I let you go today, though, is there anything else we haven't touched on you want to touch on? And of course, after we'll let people know where they can find you, how they can work with you and all that beautiful stuff. But before we do that, anything else that, you know, comes to mind that you want to share with the audience that we haven't touched upon? I just want to encourage people, you know, to look into this science of numerology. Even if you just, if you don't want to consult a a professional you can go online now. I had to go to the Library of Congress. You can go online now and just look at what your birthday means. Look at what your name means. Because the more we come into harmony with who we are and why we are here, we are building a better planet for everyone. So if you want to come to me, fine. I'd be glad to share this information, but pursue it. If you pursue it on your own, that's great too, because it gets us on the path to where we're supposed to be. So this is why I recommend it to people. This is why I got into the business. I like to tell people the battlefield of the revolution is not out here. It's in here. Learning about who you are, why you're here, and turning to love. Wow, that's that's an amazing way to win this conversation, Dr. Craig. So where can someone find you if they want to read your book, learn more about what you do, or, of course, work with you directly? Yes, I have a website now. <laughs> Good. And the website is my name, www.craigeright.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-E-W-R-I-G-H-T.com. I look forward to sharing this information with you. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. Well, 
Dr. Craig, this has been a pleasure. As I said, I've learned so much and I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Constantine, for the opportunity to share. You have a blessed day. You as well. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.